What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle of the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us in another off-season episode. We are joined by Bills beat reporter Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. Matthew does a ton of work writing for the Buffalo Bills on The Athletic, and uh, he does the Buffalo Beat podcast with Joe Biscaglia, so you've probably heard him there. And uh, he's just one of those guys that's really plugged in to everything going on at One Bills Drive, so I wanted to have him on again to discuss uh, a few things in free agency, and then also some uh, some draft prospects, some guys that he likes, some positions that he thinks the Bills might draft. Now coming into uh, into less than a month until the draft. It's crazy. Crazy it's a month away. also wanted to ask him some thoughts on Brandon Bean and a bunch of other things. Um, and there is there is a question at the end that may trigger some Bills fans. I'm not going to lie. Bring up an idea that's not really talked a lot about in Bills Mafia. And if you do talk about it, you, you usually get shut down pretty quickly by uh, Bills social media, Bills Twitter, uh, for even suggesting what I may ha- may have suggested at the end of that. So um, take a listen all the way to the end. Let me know what you think of it. Uh, but without further ado, Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. He is a staff writer for The Athletic Buffalo, covering the Bills all year round, and is also the co-host of the Buffalo Beat podcast with Joe Biscalia. I'd like to welcome Matthew Fairburn back to the podcast. Matthew, it is great to have you back on. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you coming on. All right, first things first. Have you heard any rumors or rumblings as of late around one Bills drive as far as players the Bills might be interested in, or do you think they're done in free agency until the draft? It's been pretty quiet at the moment, but I would expect that they're still, you know, kicking the tires on some guys. This is kind of a an in-between spot in free agency where you know, the, the first few waves are over and, and now they're just looking for those bargains, those guys that, you know, maybe don't, you know, get the deal that they want. And they're looking for kind of a, you know, one year prove it deal. I think we're going to see a lot of those players, you know, still hanging out there uh, as the weeks go by leading up to the draft. So knowing the bills, knowing Brandon Bean, he'll be, you know, doing plenty of homework on those guys and, and trying to kick the tires. Haven't heard anything on specific names at this point. They're pretty tight up against the cap. If my bookkeeping is accurate, they're under a million dollars available right now. They can do some restructures to make some money available pretty easily. Uh, but I think they're, they're waiting to, you know, get those real bargains in the, you know, third, fourth wave as we get into that part of free agency where, you can get guys pretty cheap. And even after the draft, they'll keep looking because teams are going to have to keep cutting guys and, and keep, you know, moving pieces around. And I think there's going to be some good deals to be had. I think 
cornerback, running back, edge rusher, uh, all spots that they could look at, maybe even tight end, even though they already added Jacob Hollister. So uh, still some holes to be plugged, but uh, the big moves seem to be out of the way. Now, you mentioned how they have almost no cap space to play with at this point, and they've already done so many restructures and pay cuts leading up to this point. I mean, to me, from the outside, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of options left to, to make cap space. I mean, are, are you looking at like a Stefan Diggs extension or I mean, what, what are the top you know couple of moves that you would make just to even make uh, some cap space to sign a tight end or defensive end or edge rusher or running back or any of those guys? Yeah, they could do a restructure of Tredavious White's contract, move some money around, you know, convert salary into signing bonus. And, you know, that's that's one that you're probably comfortable doing. You could probably do it with Deion Dawkins as well, because, yes, you're kicking the can down the road to future years. But that's only a big concern when you're doing it with players who you're not necessarily confident that you want to have for the long term and i think tradavius white and deon dawkins obviously are guys that they want you know for a while I, you could do it you know it's a little bit more risky to do it with you know like jerry hughes you know adding years to his deal because he is getting up there in age and there are you know pass rushers that stay productive you know well into their 30s but it's a little bit of a risk to, to add years to his contract. You can do it with Stefan Diggs, as you mentioned, to lower his short-term cap hit. But I, I think guys like White and Dawkins make sense. Diggs to a, to a lesser degree, but you know that you want Stefan Diggs around for a long time. So that that's another one that they could certainly get creative with and, and reward him for a tremendous season that he had while you know, helping themselves out in the short term. So still a few options there. They've, they've, like you said, been pretty creative to this point and, and managed to move quite a bit of money around. There's only so much of that that they want to do before they, you know, as Brandon Bean mentioned when he spoke last week, you don't want to make a habit of it. And they probably wouldn't have done as much as they did if not for the cap going down. But there's still a few options out there that I, I think make some sense and aren't super risky uh like you see they kind of got burned a little bit by doing it with star star latula's contract and part of that was because he opted out last season and you know pushed everything one year down the road but that's the type of trouble you can get in when you do it and so you want to make sure you're doing it with players that you want in buffalo for the long term and they've already made that perfectly clear with trey white and deon dawkins now, I want to get your thoughts on the Isaiah McKenzie re-signing uh, this past week. I mean, do you like this the re-signing? Are you a fan of it? Or um, Because it seems like their their whole strategy has been bringing the band back together, and this is just another piece of it. Or would you have liked to see them sign another free agent for less money or maybe even draft a guy to replace Isaiah McKenzie? I like the Isaiah McKenzie move. You know, the, the money is just over a million dollars, only 350000 of it guaranteed. And to me, that's a, a pretty low-risk signing. You can get out of it um, before the season even starts without too much uh, of a, you know, dead cat move. So I think should they, you know, maybe look for somebody in the draft that can, you know, push McKenzie? You know, absolutely. But this is a a number five receiver contract. They didn't pay him 
any more than that. They needed to have some sort of insurance option in the return game uh, after Andre Roberts left. So uh, McKenzie has proven he can do that. He's had some ball security issues in the past, but uh, he did have a return touchdown this season that uh, I think showed showed the Bills that you know he's still got those chops and that they don't you know necessarily need to dedicate a roster spot to a guy like Andre Roberts who only does things in the return game. Brian Dable really likes Isaiah McKenzie and moving him around and uh, the different creative things that he can do with him. So I think he's a nice piece to have on offense. If they draft a guy in the middle rounds, who's, you know, that type of receiver who can, you know, contribute in the return game. And that person, you know, beats out Isaiah McKenzie. I don't think they're too tied to him financially to where, you know, they can't make that type of move. So I like it. It's a good insurance option. And, I think everybody's seen what what McKenzie can do when they you know get him involved. So I think it's a, a good move and probably a good move for McKenzie to to come back to a place he's comfortable. Uh, you know, there's a probably an expanded role for him here, and he gets a chance you know to hit the open market next off season when perhaps there's more money to go around and a, a better market for his services. So what were your thoughts on Bean's free agency overall, and what was the most surprising move? to you thus far yeah it was it was fairly quiet um which i think is how they they envisioned it you know i think it was somewhat of a surprise to see all three of their free agents return and i don't think it was ever a case of you know thinking that they couldn't do it financially i think the bigger question to me was would it be worth bringing back all three of those free agents, Matt Milano, Daryl Williams, and John Feliciano? They did it at, at you know, pretty reasonable cost. Uh, I think Matt Milano's contract is a good one, uh, you know, slightly below what his market value probably would have been if he hit the open market. And the other two contracts, Daryl Williams and John Feliciano, they're not tied to those guys for a long time. So I think, you know, they left themselves a little bit of money to go get Emmanuel Sanders, uh, go get Jacob Hollister, you know, a couple of subtle but but good additions to the offense. I think my biggest question, you know, with what they did is, you know, how much better are they going to be on the offensive and defensive lines? Because I think those were two issues that popped up for them throughout the course of last season. Uh, you know, you saw it in the AFC championship game where the Chiefs were getting a ton of pressure on Josh Allen. Uh, there were a couple times during the season where the defensive line just didn't measure up. They started to play better toward the end of the year, but you lose Quentin Jefferson and don't really add to that unit. Uh, they commit to Mario Addison for another year. Uh, they're not getting, you know, they're going to have to find some way to put more pressure on the quarterback. And they haven't really added any outside help to this point. So I think they're counting on internal development from guys like A.J. Epinesa and Ed Oliver, maybe even Daryl Johnson uh, with another year under his belt can take a jump or, you know, they find somebody in the draft. So those are the biggest questions for me, because I think what I like about what they did on the offensive line is they bring back guys like Feliciano and Williams, but they don't necessarily those moves don't prohibit them from drafting at those spots. John Feliciano's deal uh, really only commits them to one year. And Daryl Williams is, you know, about a two, two year commitment. So 
in that respect, they can still draft and develop on the offensive line, a position that they've shown they like to be patient with. They, you know, even when they drafted Deion Dawkins, he was sort of in a platoon situation his first year. So it gives them a chance to go into the draft and look more big picture long term at their organizational needs rather than trying to plug an immediate hole with that number 30 pick. They can take an edge rusher and develop them for a year behind Hughes and Addison. They could take an offensive lineman and not force him into action right away. Or they could go a completely different direction and just go best player available. So I like from that standpoint in free agency, they've set themselves up to where they don't have a ton of obvious needs, at least in the short term, going into the draft. And it opens them up to to actually go best player available, which is something every GM says they want to do. But really, they're going best player available at a position of need. So uh, the Bills really do have a, a ton of options with their their first pick. Well, that's that's perfect. Uh, that's a perfect segue to go into into the draft and switch gears that direction because I wanted to ask your biggest positional needs headed into the draft, and it sounds like defensive line, edge rusher, um, you know, offensive line, uh, guard, tackle. I mean, what else do you have as your biggest positional needs headed into the draft besides those two areas? Yeah, I think cornerback is another one I would add to the list. They didn't do anything to address the number two cornerback spot. They got Levi Wallace back on a, a cheap contract. I know they really like Dane Jackson, uh, who they drafted in the seventh round last year. And, you know, having those two guys compete is, is certainly a start to a plan at number two cornerback, but I'd probably add somebody else to the mix. You know, you, you'd need a lot of cornerbacks. You, you know, occasionally have four of them on the field at the same time and with the injuries, you know, that can pile up at that spot, you know, you need depth. And I, I think that's a, a logical spot for them to go in the first round, given the talent at the position, especially uh, in the back half of the first round, they have now Tredavious white locked into an expensive contract, having somebody who for the next, you know, four or five years is cost controlled opposite him. I think would be a huge benefit. They haven't drafted at that position, you know, high in the draft since taking Tredavious White. So, you know, that's a spot that I look at. Edge rusher, like you mentioned, that the consensus is that a lot of the edge rushers in this draft may not be ready to contribute right away. And so that's fine for the position that the Bills are in. They could draft a guy that's really only a situational pass rusher because they have Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. AJ Epinesa, that that person wouldn't be forced into action right away. Same goes for the offensive line. I think tight end is still somewhat of a need, but I always viewed it as more of a free agency need than a draft need because they do have Dawson Knox, a guy that they've invested time in developing, and that's a position that takes some time to to develop and you know get something out of. So I don't know that you could count on a rookie tight end to upgrade your offense in a significant way, uh, you know, with that number 30 pick, you know, I know Kyle Pitts is a guy, everybody, you know, anybody who has watched him has fallen in love with, uh, but I don't know that the bills, uh, will be aggressive enough to trade up high enough to get somebody like that who could be a game changer. So tight end is certainly a need. It's just not, uh, you know, one that I think makes a lot of sense in the first round. So I look at cornerback edge rusher, offensive line, you know, all as, you know, needs and, you know, 
then you throw in pl- an offensive playmaker at some point, right? You know, like we mentioned, maybe a, a receiver or, you know, I think if they trade back out of the first round or they're looking at a second round type of player, you know, it wouldn't be too tough to swallow them drafting a running back, uh, even though they, they've invested a few picks in that. I don't know how I feel about it at pick 30, but if you move back or, or you get a guy in the second or third round, uh, to push Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, in a recent mock draft of all of the writers of The Athletic, Joe Biscali had the Bills trading down from number 30. Brandon Bean, um, to my knowledge at least, has never traded down as the Bills GM or as the Panthers assistant GM. Uh, do you think this is the year or do you think this he kind of continues the trend of never trading down and only trading up? Yeah, you're right. He's never traded down. And it's, you know, partly a trend and it it feels like a personality trait of his. He's talked about, you know, multiple times um, this idea that when he sees a player that he likes, he would rather target that specific player than sit back and wait. And trading down is you know, not something he's done in any round. So would it be smart to do? I think so, especially, you know, like we talked about at the end of the first round, they don't have an obvious need. And I I think that's part of why they haven't traded down in the past is that, you know, his first draft 2018, they needed a quarterback and everybody knew it. And it was the main objective heading into that draft they stockpiled picks to do it, moved up, got their guy. They moved up again to take Tremaine Edmonds. And that seemed like, again, they were looking for a specific piece for their defense. Now, you could argue whether they needed to trade up or whether they could have gotten another linebacker and been just as happy. They probably could have, you know, in somebody like Darius Leonard uh, or a player like that. But they identify specific players and do what they have to do to get into position to take those guys. Even last year, they were trying to trade up to get Zach Moss and couldn't find a trade partner. They were fortunate that he fell uh, into their lap and they took him. But, you know, trading down has its merits as well. You can collect more picks, uh, take more swings. If there's not somebody that you're totally enamored with at 30, and you find a, a partner to move back, well, then you're able to have a little bit of ammunition to move up in a different round and, and find a guy that you like. So I think it would probably be some, it's something that should be on the table for sure. Uh, whether Brandon Bean will do it uh, is another question. He did show last year he was willing to trade out of the round entirely, uh, but that brought in an immediate contributor in Stefan Diggs. It takes a fair amount of patience and uh, a certain, a certain you know personality type to move out of a round and continue to trade back. You see some teams that love to do it, uh, and it doesn't always work out. But this idea of stockpiling picks and giving yourself the freedom to move around the board and uh, take more take more swings instead of a specific swing like the Bills have done. So I'm still waiting for the first one uh, from Brandon Bean because. Uh, it's not something that, that he's really done in any round, uh, which you would expect it would have happened at some point uh, in these last three drafts. But maybe this is the year because they don't have uh, so many 
you know, specific holes that they're trying to fill and they're just looking for, uh, you know, a bunch of players to round out some depth uh, and a few needs, um, you know, organizationally long-term, but I don't know. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. So you've done some mock drafts for the bills at the athletic. And while you're doing these, are there any players, if any, that fall to number 30 and they're just so good or so intriguing that you just can't pass up on them? Yeah. You know, early on when I was doing a lot of these mock drafts, there was, you know, Liam Eikenberg was a player that that seemed to just make a lot of sense early on when I was making these picks. But bringing back Daryl Williams probably eliminates a first round tackle, not entirely, but um, I think it's it's a tougher sell uh, than it was a little while ago. Somebody that that I think if he falls, which is not a guarantee, uh, and you know, people remind me of that when I. Um, you know, mock him to the Bills, but Kadarius Tony, the the receiver from Florida, who's a bit of an Isaiah McKenzie type, um, you know, with uh, more ability, uh, more raw talent, able to move around the formation, play in the slot, play outside, return kicks, you know, take take end arounds and and you know jet sweeps. That's a piece that they that would be a really nice get for them uh, if he falls to thirty. It's not a guarantee that he does, but if he does, I think he's somebody that could make some sense. J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina, another sort of mid to late first round projection uh, from Dane Brugler, our, our draft analyst at the Athletic. Just a ton of talent and ability at, at the outside corner spot that I'm sure this coaching staff would love to mold and, and love to develop. Asante Samuel Jr. is another cornerback that uh, I think makes a lot of sense for them. And, you know, a guy that I don't know where he's – he's kind of a wild card in the first couple of rounds, Landon Dickerson, an offensive lineman from Alabama. Lengthy injury history, uh, and he's injured now. Um, you know, tore his ACL and, you know, may not be ready right away, but just exactly their type of offensive lineman, the type of guy that Bobby Johnson loves, completely, uh, you know, an animal on the inside of the offensive line, super – uh, aggressive and powerful and, and just a bull. So I, I think you could see them taking a guy like that, you know, late in the first round, or if they move back, like we said, and giving him the time to sit and, you know, only play him when he's absolutely a hundred percent healthy and ready to go. You could put him at center. You could put him at guard and, you know, there's a chance that they could move on from one of, or both, Mitch Morse and John Feliciano next season, uh, if they're looking for some cap savings. So, you know, having a guy waiting in the wings, developing, uh, like Landon Dickerson, it would seem like a bit of a luxury in the short term, but if you have a, a, a long-term fixture on your offensive line, I don't think anybody would complain about that. I'm just curious to see where he goes. I think if healthy, he'd be a first round player, but the injury concerns might cause him to drop to the second round. You guys, I think, brought it up real quickly on a, on a on a Buffalo Bee podcast. Just like, like as a tangent, was was how good Brandon Bean actually is at drafting, um, right? Because I think that's actually a valid question, considering that I don't know who exactly they're going to re-sign for sure after Matt Milano. 
So I'm I'm kind of curious. I mean, have you ever thought of that, or is it just me that's that? I mean, we he was NFL Executive of the Year. He's obviously good at what he does. It feels like he knows what he's doing in free agency and and mostly the draft, but it's still kind of unproven. Do you ever get that thought? Yeah, I've you know talked to some people in the league about it. Kind of just like it's it's interesting the per kind of the perception you know this everything he does you know people start tweeting about how he's a wizard and all this stuff when he's like you said he earned executive of the year for sure like the stefan Diggs trade alone i think uh, warranted that but and he's he's very good at, at what he does but some of the stuff he's doing it's like oh he signed john feliciano to this deal it's like well yeah, John Feliciano is a fine player. Like he's not a. It's not like they got a humongous deal. And in t- terms of the draft, you're right. I mean, everybody they've you know resigned is from the 2017 class. And I don't know that you would say anybody other than Josh from 2018 and beyond is a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Josh, you know, makes up for all of it if you hit on the quarterback. Oh, then, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the the most important thing you can do in the draft and they haven't drafted like complete busts but mm-hmm. you know you're looking at Tremaine Edmonds is he a no-brainer to get a big contract probably not he's been I'd say slightly above average at times and mm-hmm. not that at other times at Oliver still kind of waiting like he's been a good player but you know not a game wrecker like they thought he was going to be mm-hmm. um, still could two years in Cody Ford not much to show for it just yet. You know, Epinesa was, you know, pretty quiet last year. The running backs have been fairly quiet so far. And those are all your, you know, top three round picks. Yeah. Dawson Knox um, hasn't been great. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting next offseason will be the first one where they're really having to make decisions on, you know, like 2018 and beyond guys. So I think that'll be uh, kind of interesting to see what those guys. It's always telling whether they bring them back, but also if they're worth anything on the open market, right? Like mm-hmm. that kind of tells you how they've done. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. He's a good GM. Like he makes yeah. a lot of good decisions and he's big picture, really good thinker, but mm-hmm. certainly been mixed results in the draft. So I have to end the interview discussing one of your favorite players in NFL history, Blaine Gabbert. Um, you mentioned him several times on, on the Buffalo beat. And, uh, and I just have to ask you, how good was it to see your favorite backup quarterback win a Super Bowl ring and uh, with, the, with the Buccaneers this past Super Bowl and, and prove all the do- doubters wrong once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, it was a, a funny sight to see him standing next to the greatest quarterback <laughs> in NFL history, uh, soaking it all in. Seemed like he, he really, uh, you know, embraced the, uh, the moment, right? He, he really found a way to, uh, to find his way into as many uh, shots uh, on the broadcast as he could, he was prominently uh, he was basically Tom Brady's bodyguard during the uh, during the Super Bowl parade uh, on the boats. He was standing next to him in all the pictures. Uh, really, uh, a good couple of months for his brand, but I believe he's still unsigned. So uh, mm-hmm. evidently, it didn't do much good to um, you know kind of convince those around him uh, that that or those in the league, I guess that that he should be. Uh, you know somebody that they add to the mix but hey maybe the the bucks will bring them back they seem to be committed to to getting the band back together and 
Um, clearly, he looked like a, a vital part of that Super Bowl run. So I, I think <laughs> I think it would be wise for them to bring him back. I, the Bills had a backup quarterback opening. I was wondering if if that would be the type of move that they would make, but you know they went with Mitchell Trubisky instead. We'll see how it works out. Well, I'm upset that they didn't sign him that the bills didn't sign him just because of all of the blaine gabbert talk that we'd get even more so on the buffalo beat podcast so um well i i I, are there any promotions going on at the athletic for people that are interested the people that haven't gotten a subscription that people that may want to check it out and 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 try it out yeah you can actually get a subscription for a dollar a month right now um if you click on any of my stories that I've, I've tweeted out, you can get it there. You can also go to theathletic.com slash the Buffalo Beat and get a dollar a month deal there. So I believe they're running that for another week or so, um, you know, early April, uh, to start of April. I think they're, they're stopping that. So um, that's usually about the best deal that they run during the year is a dollar a month that pops up now and again. And a good time to get in the door and get our free agency coverage and get ready for the draft. Uh, Dame Brugler's draft guide should be coming down uh, here in early April. And, you know, that's pretty much a must must have for anybody who likes the NFL draft. And um, we'll have plenty of coverage from a bill's perspective uh, from, from Joe, Tim and myself. So um, yeah, dollar a month is, uh, is the going rate at the athletic.com slash the Buffalo beat. Yeah, it's easily worth it. I mean, I'm a big fan of obviously your work, um, Joe B, Tim, and and everything going on. The the, the app itself is just so sleek. Um, I can read it at night because it's not bright. You know, it's like got that really nice dark background if you like that. And uh, and you know, just a fan of the podcast. Obviously, I listen to the podcast from the app as well. It's a nice player there. And uh, yeah, so where can they find? Where can folks find you on uh, on social media and everything? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Fairburn um, and theathletic.com slash bills will get you to to all of our coverage. Well, great. It's been a pleasure to speak with you again, Matthew, and talk bills. Thank you so much for coming on the Circling the Wagons podcast. And uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll talk again in the future. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, hopefully no one was too triggered about the line of questioning having to do with Brandon Bean still yet to be proven as a drafter. Now, we all think that he's he's pretty good. He made the most important draft choice ever in Josh Allen, so that stands above all else. So even if that's the only draft pick he ever gets right completely, ever becomes an all-star franchise player, that's the most important one. So, uh, But I think it's just... It's just good to talk about these things and discuss them because when we were looking at free agency, especially with Matt Milano and Darrell Williams and those guys, uh, Matt Milano is the last free agent that I can definitely see being signed that was a draft pick besides Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds probably, maybe. I don't know. It's it's worth discussing. And, and you know that we're huge fans of Brandon Bean, as I'm sure you are. Uh, we, we have a t-shirt for Brandon Bean in our T Public store. So we love Brandon Bean. Uh, but it's worth noting that, you know, a lot of the reasons why we have to rely on free agency is just because uh, he just hasn't proven 100% yet in the draft. So still plenty of time. I'm hoping he knocks it out of the park this time. Obviously, he trades up a lot for these guys that he thinks are the guy to be to draft. So obviously, he sees something in a lot of these guys. And what's good is 
Brandon Bean has such has done such a good job filling in places of need, like with Efe Obata, uh, Matt Breida, the signing this last week, that they don't have to go in needing to sign someone right away. I mean, this isn't an Aaron Maben deal where the Bills don't have a pass rusher, so they have to draft an unproven defensive end in Aaron Maben um, out of Penn State and just hope that he can start and just rely on him to be their starting defensive end. Uh, Brandon Bean has done a much better job of that than GMs have in the past, and he is good. He's very good. Um, he just hasn't quite proven himself yet uh, in drafting and, and hasn't hit on a ton of of prospects yet yeah, still new still have time still has time to prove himself but we have more draft coverage coming up on uh on circling the wagons and the rest of the podcast network yeah so for me nate go bills thank you so much for listening to us this week and we'll talk to you guys again next week yeah it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, hey. Who you repping? What's your team? Who you repping? What's your team? You know I'm repping for my team. I got that challenge on my team. Like a high Jordan boy, can you catch it? Can you? Trade day is like a mask, you're not catching anything. Matt Milano making plays, we not scared of any team. Best in the AFC, all the praise of Brandon Bean. You hear Sean McDermott clapping while I'm snapping? Do you? Jerry Hughes will get the sack soon as you snap it. Andre Roberts running back, ain't no just backing. Mafia, we on a ride and we got traction. We got BZ, we got digs. Dawson Knox with the stiff arm, treat opponents just like his Feliciano, Deion Dawkins, block defenders like the fence Hey, it's the mafia, I said no one on top of us I said no one is blocking us on top of our division So it's clear that it's no stopping us Google best team in the league and we popping up Hey, who you repping, what's your team? Who you repping, what's your team? You know I'm repping for my team I got a salad on my team it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Uh. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, it's the mafia, I said no one on top of us. I said no one is blocking us on top of our division, so it's clear that it's no stopping us. Google best team in the league, and we popping up. Home game for the playoffs, but you already know Gabe Davis is a rookie, but he playing like a pro. Uh. Going through a table, only time we ever fold. Can you? 17, by the take us to the bowl, ayy, uh, don't you run it, no. Oliver and Trey Edmonds gonna be on it. on it, we got Corey but we barely ever punt it, Never. cause we just running up the score on our opponent, uh. we got BZ, we got Diggs, single Terry, by the juke him out of shoes, make him miss, run it in, Zach also throw the digs, it's for sick, Terry Johnson pick six to the house, take a flick, ayy, it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills, ayy. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. Hey, hey, hey. Who you repping? What's your team? Hey, hey. Who you repping? What's your team? Hey. You know I'm repping for my team. Hey. I got Josh Allen on my team. It's that big on my team. Super Bowl, what you mean? Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills!
Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>